Hey, little buddies, it's Uncle Rick from the Uncle Rick Audio Book Club. Welcome to my podcast for this week. I am so delighted to have a chance to talk to my little buddies. Today we are reading a chapter from a great book about a great man. It's called The Amazing Story of Jake DeShazer. If you don't know who Jake DeShazer was, I encourage you to join the club and listen to this entire book because he was one of the great, great heroes of the 20th century. Let's read about him here in chapter 9. It's called Remarkable Conversion. For days, DeShazer, more or less unwittingly, had been moving toward the crisis point. The prayers of his parents certainly had followed him. The prayers of former friends had ascended to the throne of God in his behalf. The word of God through the precious book had been illuminated by the Holy Spirit, and certainly the presence of Christ speaking to his inner consciousness and knocking at his heart's door had made an impression. But all of these factors would have been of no avail without DeShazer's meeting the conditions. This he did. The miracle of conversion took place on June 8, 1944. Wow, that's just two days after the D-Day landing. Now, if you're not familiar with DeShazer, you may not know that he was an American soldier who was captured by the Japanese and tortured for three and a half years, the remainder of the war. And yet, God taught him to love his enemies. And after the war, he went to Japan as a missionary and led some of those same people to Christ. Anyway, we must read on. The Shazer had been reading Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He had read that passage many times, but on this particular day somehow it became a power in his own life. He had laid hold upon it as the very word of God. In prayer he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I do repent of my sins. Even though I'm far from home and though I'm in prison, I must have forgiveness. As he meditated and prayed along this line, there came into his soul a divine joy, a soul rest, an inner witness that God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven him. There was not much he could do with respect to changing his way of living. There came over him a sense that God wanted obedience. He was just simple enough to tell the Lord that he would obey. He yielded his spirit, his plans, his hopes, his aspirations. It was then he learned the truth which he has mentioned over and over since that time. Obedience to God is the way to eternal life. In writing about his glory experience on that happy day, he says, My heart was filled with joy. I wouldn't have traded places with anyone at that time. Oh, what a great joy it was to know that I was saved, that God had forgiven me of my sins, and that I had become a partaker of the divine nature, as it says in 2 Peter 1.4. Though I was unworthy and sinful, I had redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And that's Ephesians 1.7. Hunger, starvation, and a freezing cold prison cell no longer had horrors for me. They would be only for a passing moment. Even death could hold no threat when I knew that God had saved me. Death is just one more trial I must go through before I can enjoy the pleasures of eternal life. 
There will be no pain, no suffering, no sorrow, no loneliness in heaven. Everything will be perfect with joy forever. I had the promise of being like Jesus, who is God's Son. In that day I will know all things, for then I will be a partaker of immortality. The time when DeShazer would have to give up the copy of the Bible was drawing near. He memorized as much of the scriptures as possible. He would go over and over certain portions and rememorize so as to keep them fresh in his mind. One is amazed at his ability under the circumstances to memorize so much and to have it for ready reference during the remaining 14 months he was in prison. Becoming a Christian, however, did not change the outward environment of DeShazer's life. He was still in prison. Perhaps he would never get out. He had the same guards, the same obligation to remain in solitary confinement, the same intolerable food, and the absence of fellowship. But DeShazer had made his decision. He had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He had become a Christian. Now, as a Christian, he was going to do his best to live the way a Christian should. He knew he had been weak in self-control and in willpower. In his early life, he had been taught to love people and to be friendly to all. Seldom had he permitted himself to do this. In his reading of the Bible, he found much emphasis upon loving one another. He knew in other days he had been disobedient to his parents, and that throughout the years he had been disobedient to God and to his own conscience. All of this was sin. But now, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was forgiven for all those wrongs. What he wanted now was divine strength. He wanted to strengthen his self-control and gain a new grip on his willpower. Many lessons were necessary for him to learn to trust the Lord. In John 1.12 we read, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. It was that power which he needed and which he wanted. He remembered the attitudes and feelings he had had before his conversion. He remembered that just before his change of heart, he had become very angry. One day during the period he was supposed to be cleaning his cell, one of the guards came along and yelled at him, Hurry up! This made DeShazer angry. And almost before he knew it, he told the guard in English, Go jump in the lake. Naturally, the guard didn't like this. DeShazer describes the incident. Before I knew what was going to happen, the door was unlocked, and the guard hit me on the head with his fist. I immediately kicked him in the stomach with my bare foot, and he hit me with his steel scabbard. I had been using some water on the floor to mop up my cell. I picked up the dirty mop water and threw it on the guard. It cooled him off enough that he didn't do any more than swear at me. But it's strange that he didn't cut off my head. This was not the way I'd been taught to make friends. But that was before DeShazer accepted the way of Christ. After he became a Christian, his attitude changed. He knew it, and in due time his guards knew it, and so did his comrades. In John thirteen thirty four, Jesus said, Love one another. This is a commandment of God. Again, DeShazer was seized with the meaning of obedience. He says, God expects us to keep his commandments. The only way we know we are saved is to keep the commandments of Christ. I found out when I read the Bible that it was necessary to be obedient. God hates sin and disobedience. We cannot please God if we continue doing those things that we know are wrong. If we accept Jesus and continue in sin, we'll be like the seed in the parable which fell on stony ground. And when it sprung up because it had no depth of soil, 
soon withered and died. That's from Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. When Jesus was on earth, he warned people not to be led astray by the human desire to do their own will. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Obedience is what God has required from the beginning of the history of mankind. If we receive Jesus, we must be obedient or be cast out of the kingdom of God. When I memorized 1 John 2, I found it was necessary to be obedient. I wanted to know that I was a real Christian and not a hypocrite. So when he refers here, I'm going to interrupt myself, when he refers here to being cast out of the kingdom of God, it means that when we receive Jesus, we don't just receive him as saved, we receive him as Lord. We don't have the option. He's our Lord whether we obey him or not. But there are many people, even as Jesus said, he said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do mighty miracles and cast out demons in your name and so on and so forth? And I will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. It's not that they had been believers and could cease to be believers, because once you're a child of God, you cannot become an unchild of God. Is because they were hypocrites. They claimed to be believers. They claimed they'd even done works in his name. But they were false believers. That's why Jesus said, I never knew you. Not just I don't know you now, but I never knew you. Anyway, go on with what Jake says here. These verses tell us we can know. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself so to walk even as he walked. Submission to Jesus brings a wonderful peace. I came to realize that my life would be more enjoyable if I were obedient. I found at first it was hard to do what I knew was right. I had much trouble for more than three weeks. The habits of swearing, vulgar thoughts, and telling lies did not immediately leave me when I accepted Jesus. However, when these manifestations of sin appeared, I asked for forgiveness right away. The promise of 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God always keeps his promises, and since I did my part, all unrighteousness was taken away. Since DeShazer felt the command of God was to love his fellow men, and since the only individuals he was privileged to meet were guards, he was waiting for an opportunity to demonstrate his love to them, an opportunity thus to test his newfound love and his determination to love others soon came. One day, as he was being taken back to his cell by one of the guards, something happened which brought this matter very forcibly to his mind. For some reason, the guard was in a special hurry. While they were on their way toward the cell, the guard slapped the chaser on the back with his hand and ordered, Hiyaku, Hiyaku, which means hurry up, hurry up. When they came to the door of the cell, he opened the door a little and shoved the chaser inside. Unfortunately, before the chaser could get through the door, the guard slammed it and caught the chaser's foot. Instead of opening the door to release his foot, the guard began kicking DeShazer's bare foot with his hobnail boots. Wow, that would hurt. Finally, DeShazer was able to push the door open and get his foot free. He jumped inside. In recalling this incident, DeShazer admits that he felt resentment and hatred for the guard. 
But at the same time, an inner voice told him that he should love the guard. Matthew 5.44 came to mind, in which Jesus said, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Such an experience would be a real test to most new converts. In referring to his thinking in this connection, DeShazer says, Jesus' words were coming to my mind, but at first I wished that I couldn't remember them. There was no way, however, by which I could get out of this predicament. I had promised obedience if God showed me the way. God had helped me to memorize the Sermon on the Mount so that he could use it to show me the way at this particular time. God was being faithful to show me the way. The only thing I could do was to submit and be obedient. Any other course would have meant God's displeasure. But by obedience, God is pleased. Other scripture also came flooding to Shazer's mind. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's from James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Then to the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the great love chapter, came to his mind. Since being freed from prison, this is one of DeShazer's favorite scriptures. As a matter of fact, he quotes it perhaps more than any other portion of the Bible, using as a rule Moffat's translation. Love is very patient, very kind. Love knows no jealousy. Love makes no parade, gives itself no airs, is never rude, never selfish, never irritated, never resentful. Love is never glad when others go wrong. Love is gladdened by goodness, always slow to expose, always eager to believe the best, always hopeful, always patient. Love never disappears. Herein lies the depth of DeShazer's consecration to return to Japan. The gospel truly meant to him, love your enemies. The way DeShazer puts this in his own words is most interesting. I had seen people who could show a beautiful attitude in very trying circumstances, but I did not know that we can all have the kind of love that is long-suffering, kind, and patient. However, if we are given the command to love one another, it is surely possible for us to actually do so. Since God has given the commandment to love, our part of the transaction is to put forth an effort and try to have love for others. This would be a wonderful world if we would all try to love one another. If we would honestly try and if we would recognize Jesus as God's Son and our Savior, God would be pleased with us. I made up my mind to try. So it was that the very next morning, after he had felt resentment and hatred for the guard who had kicked his bare foot, he had a chance to try to love someone, and in this instance, to love an enemy. As the guard came on duty, DeShazer moved toward the door of his cell and said, Ohayo Oops. Gozaimasu? Yeah. Ohayo gozaimasu, which means good morning in Japanese. Imagine the surprise of the guard. He looked in the direction of DeShazer with a puzzled expression. Perhaps he thought the prisoner had gone stark crazy. The guard, however, made no significant comment. Several mornings went by, with DeShazer trying to be friendly. One morning, as the guard came on duty, he walked immediately over to DeShazer's cell and spoke to him through the door. He was smiling. 
Nushezer at this time knew very little Japanese, but he was able to talk to the guard enough to ask him how many brothers and sisters he had. This seemed to please the guard. On another morning, soon after this, he saw the guard walking up and down the corridor of the prison with his hands in a prayerful attitude and his lips moving. After a while, the guard came over to Deshazer's cell and started to speak with him. He told him that he had been praying to his mother, who had died when he was a small boy. This was in harmony with the guard's belief. This particular guard became very friendly to Deshazer and from that time on did not shout at him nor treat him rudely. On one occasion, the guard slid back the little door and handed DeShazer a boiled sweet potato. This was a wonderful treat. DeShazer says he was already getting some of the payoff for being gracious to his enemies. At another time, the guard gave him five figs and some candy. Again, DeShazer was convinced that God's way is the best way. Moralizing on this, he says, How easy it was to make a friend out of an enemy because I had just tried. God's way will work if we'll try it out. God, Jesus was not an idealist whose ideals could not be realized. When he told us to love one another, he told us the best way to act, and it will work. His way will work out better than any other way which could be tried. But people and nations still try some other way, to their own confusion. It was easy to tell that my nature had been changed. I had a different attitude toward life. It had all come about through the promises in the Bible. When we see these promises and know that they are true, our nature will be changed if we submit to God's will and accept Jesus. I had met the conditions and the promises, and I knew that God would do His part. God has promised to come and dwell in our hearts. 1 John 4.15 says, Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. I had confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, and God was dwelling in my heart. There was new power in my life. I had been weak in self-control and willpower, but now I had power so that I could even love my enemies. It all came from heaven. I knew that it was supernatural. Jesus had gone to heaven. He is existing in the form of God in heaven now. His Spirit comes right into our hearts when we are obedient to Him and confess that He is the Son of God. We make friends with God, and God loves us and delights in us. The Bible says in John 1.12, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It is God that gives the power after we meet certain specified conditions. With the Spirit of Jesus dwelling in our hearts, we are able to love our fellow men. The world needs Jesus. We need to recognize God's Son. Without Jesus Christ, we have hatred and terrible wars. We all know that wars lead to hardship and heartache. We hate war, but we still continue to fight. As individuals, we often have the same trouble. Or we know what is the right thing to do, but we lack the willpower or the self-control to go ahead and do what we know is right. I observed this when I was on the airplane leaving Japan at the time of the bombing. Long before that time, I had made up my mind not to shoot at civilians. But in spite of my resolutions, I had shot at civilians. It is wrong to do things that are harmful to the body. It is wrong to be resentful and provoked with others. I had often wished that I could live a life which was free from doing these things, which I knew were wrong, but sin had brought constant defeat in my life throughout the years. It was a great joy to me to find Jesus and to learn that he gives power to overcome such a defeated life. Herein lies the difference between a Christian 
and a person who is not a Christian. A Christian is cleansed from all unrighteousness. A Christian lives a victorious life. The power which Jesus gives keeps us from doing what we know is wrong. Jesus gives self-control and willpower to all people who are weak on these points. By living such a victorious life, we have the witness that we know Jesus. And there you have it, little buddies. A true story from the life of Jake DeShazer when he was an American prisoner of the Japanese in World War II. A true story of how God gave him the power to love his enemies. Can we love our enemies? Can you even love your brothers and sisters when they do things that are mean to you? If not, then maybe you need to ask God to give you love in your heart for people like Jake DeShazer did. Well, time for me to go, little buddies. Hate to do it, but it's the end of our podcast for today. And I will end it inviting you, if you haven't yet, to join the Uncle Rick Audiobook Club. Check it out at UncleRickAudios.com. Until next time, my dear friends, I leave you with this, as always. Always put God first in your life. Be a patriotic American and honor your father and your mother. So long, little buddies. God bless. Parents, if your kids enjoyed their visit with Uncle Rick, know that they will love the Uncle Rick Audiobook Club. The Uncle Rick Audiobook Club allows access to dozens more stories, both from history and the Bible, to help your kids learn about godly character. Here's what one parent had to say about the book club. My children love the stories. They make history so interesting. My son says it is because of the details that most textbooks don't include. Uncle Rick is easy to listen to. We love his accents and explanations. Thank you so much for that testimony. If you'd like to learn more about the Uncle Rick Book Club, please join us over at UncleRickAudios.com. That is UncleRickAudios.com. See you there. Thank <laughs> you.